Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. This week, a special guest, a three-time French Open winner, Tennis Hall of Fame member, Arancha sanchez Vacario, spent some time with us. Very nice woman. Let's uh, get everyone up to speed first, however. Big news in tennis, obviously, is Andre Agassi, who will be in some capacity. We don't quite know the parameters, but Andre Agassi will be working with Novak Djokovic. That is a big coaching move. Obviously, Roger Federer out of the French Open, Serena Williams out of the French Open, Maria Sharapova, the French Federation decided not to give her a wild card. Three stars, not there, but the Andre Agassi, Novak Djokovic story is sort of karmic repayment from the uh, storyline gods. So we will be following that. We'll be following Rafa Nadal. We are recording this on Tuesday, so the draw isn't out yet. Some interesting news I got just a few minutes ago, actually. Petra Kvitova on track for Wimbledon, which is great news, but also she is still entered in the French Open. So she will make a game-time decision, we're told. It is, uh, again, we're tracking this on Tuesday, so this may be uh, an obsolete moot point by the time you hear this. But good news that uh, less than a week before the first ball is struck, Petra Kvitova, as of today, is in the draw, which uh, is is a faster recovery than we were led to believe uh, several months ago. So that's good news. Women's draw, obviously, wide open. I will uh, reveal now hot take pick Christina Mladenovic. Simona Holop seems to be the uh, the favorite with the odds makers. Curious, given that she has never won a major, and it's been years since she was in a in a final. Uh, defending champion Muguruza is uh, a player who has struggled since winning last year. So women's draw wide open, men's draw. I think a lot of people are looking forward to Nadal winning number 10. Djokovic would probably be her second pick. Third might actually be Sasha Zverev or Dominic Thiem. Uh, Andy Murray, the top seed, is not playing particularly well and, of course, has never won the French Open. 
anyway, that's that's a little overview of the tennis scene. I will be uh, heading over on Friday. We'll have seed reports. We will have updates from Roland Garros. Tennis Channel will be covering the tournament for all intents, first ball to last ball. NBC will be doing some weekend coverage as well. Uh, but let's get to our guest this week. Again, three-time French Open champion. Seemed a good person to uh, talk a bit about the tournament with. She is now mostly living in Florida, mother of two, wife, Arancha Sanchez Macario. We bring her in now. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you. Nice to talk to you. I was thinking uh, I usually see you at slams. Now we get you before a slam. <laughs> that's, that, that's good. That's, that's better, though. <laughs> Where are you? In, in Miami? I'm in Miami, yes. Yeah. Do you, do you go to the French Open? Will you go yes, over? I'm going. Yes, oh, good. I will. Good, good. I mean, what what does this what does this tournament mean to you? When we when we talk about the French Open, you're you know three three time champion. It rolls around at this time of year. What uh, what is that like for you? Uh, well, first of all, it's always been the tournament that all the Spanish were dreaming for, and uh, that when you were a kid, you were watching on TV, and uh, you always wanted to you know to play at the French Open and, uh, and be there, and maybe one day to win you know the trophy and hold that beautiful trophy and uh, and get that the first one slam always you know to win at the French Open. So for me, it always was being very special because I always done very well since you know very young age and. Uh, I do remember that I beat my idol, uh, you know, when I was just 16. You know, I beat Chris Everett before, you know, she 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 retired that year, and uh, I was be able to win, you know, to beat her and um, to to play, you know, a great match. And I knew that if you know, if I beat the one, number one rank in the world at that moment, one day maybe I could be there and win the French Open. The year after I came in, and um, you know, I beat Steffi Graf on the final, being the youngest player ever to win the French and be the first Spanish woman. So. Uh, the memory has always been very, you know, special for me. I feel like I, I play like at home. I connected really well as well with the French crowd and uh, always they were always supporting me during my whole career, you know, during all those years. And uh, it's a very special place. I love the city and um, I love the tournament. And um, coming back now, you know, more uh, away from playing and um, just still seeing, you know, great matches from other players, you know, and uh, when they're holding the trophy, it comes back to me, good memories. And, uh, you know, we it there three times and three other finals as well. So uh, it's a special place. And um, I'm very happy to, you know, to go back now and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and see it, you know, in another perspective. But uh, still, like always, you know, a uh, good place to be and to, to watch and uh, good memories comes back, you know, my mind. Do, do you think it helped you that... Uh, I feel like all, the, all these tournaments sort of are their own little stories. And... Uh, you know, I think a lot of us associate your your first title anyway. You and Michael Chang were were bracketed together. It sort of became uh, it, it was sort of the the stories that two two teenagers they both won their first major. Do do you think it helped you that Michael Chang won the men's title the following day? Well, I I think that um, he you know as you say that uh, he, this is not happening you know, anymore now being so young to win the Grand Slams. But in that era, it was normal that we start. You know, professional, very young age, and uh, I, you know, I both we both were the same company, you know, Reebok, and we both were 17, and uh, was a believable story that you know two teenagers won the same year, and uh, we both were, you know, big fighters, and uh, you know, uh, never give up, and uh, we come back playing, you know, and and beating the best player at that moment on that tournament, and uh, uh, it was a great win for both of us, and um, it was very special because I know Michael as well, and uh, he's a great person as well, so we get a very well and 
we both were teenagers and we still remember and always talk about that time because we were just, you know, like a <laughs> young age. And uh, and after that, a lot of things happened as well. But, um, yeah, it was very nice that we both started and did it at the same time in the same tournament. And, uh, you know, and after that, we have a great success of careers. So what do you make? You and I are talking on a Tuesday. So the draw, the draw is obviously not out yet. Uh, but let's let's talk French Open 2017. If if I gave you 127 players and I took Rafa, which one of us uh, would would have the better hand? Well, I think that at the moment, I mean, on the men's side, uh, the favor to win is Rafa because obviously, I mean, he's playing uh, really well at the moment and uh, he's the king of the clay and uh, he won, you know, uh, as well, you know, like Monte Carlo and Madrid. And then, you know, uh, in Rome, I mean, he couldn't do it, but uh, he has a great, you know, uh, an unbelievable, you know, success on clay. And uh, he's away from injury, so that's important for him. And I think for me, he is the favorite to win, you know, uh, uh, on the men's side. Uh, and, um, you know, besides that, maybe, you know, Murray and Djokovic uh, didn't have a very good, you know, uh, clay court season. Maybe now Djokovic, you know, play a little bit better in Rome and, uh and, uh, you know, maybe hire a new coach, you know, as Agassi could help him. But uh, they don't play their best at the moment. And I think Rafa is the player, you know, to beat now on clay. Roger is not there and uh, because, I mean, he decided that, you know, uh, he wanted to, you know, uh, have more time to prepare for the for Wimbledon. But, I um, mean, at the two moments, you know, uh, Roger and, and, and Rafa are the players that they're playing the best, uh, you know, and more consistency. And I think Rafa is the favorite to win on the men's side. And in the women's side, I think that um, probably is the the year more open, you know, in the open era that is, you know, wide open. Right. And uh, anything, you know, normally we used to always, you know, used to, to have Serena there, that there was always the favorite to win. And, uh, you know, that uh, she was always, you know, on the finals of winning. But now that she's not there and um, it's wide open, I think that um, as well, you know, um, Asarenka is not coming back yet, but it's nice that she, you know, when she will be back and, and then, you know, Sharapova is back. And, um, I mean, uh, but she's not playing because she cannot play. So it's a lot of, you know, those two players and um, that they can, they can do really well, but they're not going to be there. And I think from the rest of the players, it's wide open. It will be the one who will be more consistent and more, uh, you know, has more regularity and, uh, you know, will win the seven matches, will be the winner. And it's a group of maybe, you know, a players wide open. Like, you know, it can be... It can be Halep this year. It can be maybe Muguruza has to come back, you know, and then defend the title. We'll see how she will do. It's just Vitolina there. Um, it's, you know, many, many players that, you know, that uh, the top of the players, you know, Skutsnesova has a, a big chance because she's doing well as well. So uh, it's a lot of, you know, like group of um, and, and, and players that has wide open opportunity and we'll see who will win. You know what I think? I think you should have asked for a wild card. I think as a, as a three-time champion who relies on consistency, you would have had a pretty good chance this year. Um, well, thank you so much. <laughs> let, let's uh, let's go back to Rafa for a second, because um, you know he's obviously at a very different place right now than he was a, a year ago. When uh, you know, I think a lot of people were wondering if if the end was the end was near, and suddenly he's he's had a terrific 2017 Australian Open final. Um, you know, only lost one match on the clay. I guess I want to ask you about his his play this year in general, but I also am curious. You've known him for a long time. I mean, what when people say to you, "I love Nadal," what is he like? What, what do you tell them? How do, how do you characterize him? 
Well, um, I think, as you say, you know, uh, depends also in the injuries, you know, uh, that you'll be able to play, you know, again, uh, you know, like 100%. And I think that, as you said, you know, Rafa now, it has no injuries and maybe people think, think it was over because of that. But now he come, you know, he proved that, you know, he's still, you know, working hard and uh, he's, uh, you know, as a champion that he is, he was going to come back and wants to still, you know, motivated and wants to win more. And that's what he's doing at the moment. I think Rafa is a person that... Uh, Everybody knows that uh, he's a fighter. He never gives up. He's uh, always, you know, uh, wants to 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 uh, get better and better, you know, every time. And uh, as as then he's a great person, and um, and he's showing that, you know, not only the core but of the core. You like him? Of course. I mean, I know him, and he's a great guy. I mean, uh, I'm very happy that you know he's doing really well, and uh, yeah, he's a great guy. So, what do you make about um, what do you make about the big news this week? Andre coaching Novak. Um, I think that you know uh, probably will surprise mo- most of the people that you know that relation. But I think that uh, they can you know they they're gonna do good because both of them they will get along very well. And um, for, of course, if Novak decides that he thinks that he's the best person, I think Andre can help him a lot. And uh, he uh, I think is a great great combination. And um, we'll see how. What the results will will you know will show, but um, I mean I'm happy for both of them to to have that you know that they're going to be working together. I'm looking forward to you know for that. <laughs> I, I I was just writing. I said it's a good it's a good story to follow. If if there's no as you say there's no Roger, there's no Serena, there's no Maria, but this is a good uh, this this is a good this is a good storyline for people to follow. What's, yeah, correct. I've what, seen, what's yeah, your relationship? A good one. What what um. I mean, Andre. I, I think of Andre as a, as a contemporary of yours, as someone you you played at the at the same time. Are you surprised he would, with with two children at ho- home, that he would take a job like this? Well, I'm probably. I think that that question he's the best person to answer. But uh, I think that for him, uh, you know, that he also loved the game, and uh, he uh, probably, you know, uh, has the you know the, the ability to to help him and. Um, for sure, he to take that decision, you know, he's ready for, and he will be ready to combine his life, you know, uh, his marriage with his kids and his, you know, to be able to be with, with Novak. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be possible. But if he did it, it's because he's ready for it, and he also wanted to have that challenge and to help him, I think, you know. What is your relationship these days with Andre's wife? Do you talk with to her much? Steffi, no. Yeah, what do you do? You talk yeah, to her? Yeah. Yeah, we saw each other. I mean, we, we, we spoke and uh, we don't see each other much because we, we have different lives. But when we see each other, as we saw last year, we were together. We went for dinner together at the French Open and uh, we get along very well. We were rivals, but we always have a good good relation and we have good respect. And um, when we see each other, it's always nice to, to have the chat, you know, and uh, and we, we, you know. We don't see much each other, but when we do, it's fine. <laughs> Are you surprised that she isn't? I mean, you know, M- Martina does commentary, and you you do commentary, and and Chrissy. It, it seems as though certainly the opportunities are there for former players. Are Are you surprised by how far away she seems to be from from tennis? Well, that's something that you know it depends on each person. But um, I mean, if she, you know for sure she's happy, you know, she's busy enough with you know with his family and his foundation and what she's doing and that's what she likes to do so uh, I'm happy for her and um, she's you know the one who has to decide you know what she's going to do but I mean it would be nice to see her 
for all of us to see her a little bit more, you know, around a little bit, some, you know, a little more times, you know. The um, let's 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 go back to the to the French draw. If I if we take Nadal off the table, who who is the next best Spanish player that you uh, you, you think will make a deep run in Roland Garros? Um, I think that um, we do have to, you know, uh, the young young players like you know like uh, Carreño is doing really well, you know, and Bautista good as well, and maybe Ramos. I think that those three players are has more chance because they've been playing well and then they've been having good results this year as well on clay, and they beat, you know, they have a good good wins over you know good players and. If he's, you know, I think those three players can do well at the French Open and uh, this year. What, what do we think about David Ferrer, who so many people admire from afar, but he's, you know, in his in, in his mid thirties now, and I think his ranking is, uh, I, I don't think he'll be seated even. Well, I think that he had, you know, uh, we were used to it to always have him, you know, on the top, and what he's been doing is amazing. That you know. Um, he's always was you know behind always Rafa because Rafa was taking all the attention. But what he what David has been doing is is unbelievable. He's a gladiator. He's a fighter. Maybe the injuries and the results didn't help him and you know uh, lately. But um, you can never you can never you know uh, with David you have to always you know beat him because it's always not easy to do it. But I hope that he will continue having you know better results and he can still go moving up more in the rankings again because he is a uh, excellent player, I think. What is going on with our defending champion from the French Open 2016 women's title? Well, I think that, you know, um, uh, probably she's been, you know, uh, injury a little bit more than usual, you know, lately. And also she maybe, you know, uh, the consistency, regularity of winning, you know, matches, you know, it, it's not being so regular, you know. And that's something that is very important in tennis to to be able to to maintain that. And but I think that uh, she did she does have the the game to do it. And uh, maybe now um, she's having a little bit more of a pressure and responsibility because after you winning the you know the Grand Slam, they're expecting you to win more. And I just think that she needs to to learn and to deal with that. And also together with her game, you know, together then she can be more dangerous player. But She's having a little bit of problem at the moment with that, you know, and show is also in the game. Do Do you know her well? Do you, Do you talk to her? Yeah, she's a very nice girl. I know her. I, I I don't see her very often because I'm not that much on you know on the tour. But I know her, and I know she's working really hard, and she's willing to do well, you know, to try to defend her title, you know, at the French Open this year. What I feel like it's one of these sort of truisms in tennis that that we talk about. Uh, once you win or once you're top 10 or top 5 the expectations get bigger and and the pressure mounts what did you do to deal with that i mean i i assume it's true i assume that's something you went through and suddenly the obligations and the photo shoots and the points defending i mean sort of it it changes your career but what did you do to handle the pressure that that came with winning a major so young well, I think uh, I was trying just to, you know, to concentrate at the moment. And um, I always was a player that, um, you know, was a big fighter. I never give up. I always fight until the end. So never, you know, with very, you know, trying to be positive uh, mentally and um, 
if they're gonna beat me, they have to beat me because they play better than me. Or and and, and you know and say okay, congratulations. But I will try next time. But uh, probably you know um, I play a lot and you know singles and doubles and doubles as well help me a lot for my confidence for my game. But uh, I was be able not to put pressure on myself. I not to maybe not to. Uh, read or so much about what they were saying if it was good or bad or uh, my era maybe was not as much you know media as it is right now with all the you know the facebook and, and twitter and and all the you know instagram all that that everybody's more involved and everybody's more you know uh into it but in our era you know we have enough with the media you know have to deal with that and i try to take it as, be- as the best i can and uh, don't put an extra pressure on myself but when i was playing always you know uh be thinking, you know, and doing the right thing on the court, and um, forget about the the, pre- the press or the pressure that I, they were putting on me. Because I always, as you say, I was a very young age. They expected me to do a lot of and, and do so well, you know, and winning everything. But uh, we are human beings. Sometimes things are not going well. But um, sometimes you learn from the when you lo- when you lose, and you lo- say take something positive for that, for the next time, for it will not happen. And um, just you know, working. You know, mentally uh, a little bit harder, and uh, take always the best in uh, every moment, and for the next time, you know, to to be able to do it, you know, uh, better for the next time, and um, that's how probably mentally I was, you know, be able to separate, but uh, don't let it affect me the the pressure or the expectations that they were the way they were hoping for me. What are you most proud of when you think about your career? Well, I'm I'm happy, you know, that I'm very proud that the career I have because when I started when I was younger, I never thought that I was going to be able to win as much as I did. So I'm very happy and um, I, I'm privileged because I did what I like to do as playing tennis and have a very, you know, success career. And uh, as, you know, um, as uh, as also as a, a female, you know, I done so well. I opened, you know, I was a pioneer of the tennis on my, on my country. So I'm... And then I have a success because I've been number one and, and you know, in singles and doubles and women in Gunner Slams and as well as gold, you know, like uh, medals in the Olympics. So I'm very happy and um, the history is there and um, I'm very happy with my career. So obviously, you know, uh, it's been 15 years that I was there on the top, giving my best. And um, I think that, you know, just the best you can always have is recognition to be the Hall of Fame. And I've been inducted on that. So I'm, I'm happy with uh, the whole, you know, like... Uh, my my success and my career as a tennis player. We, we were just talking about how hard it, it can be in sports in particular to decide when the right time to retire is. Did, did you just know or was this something that you wrestled with? Well, that's the most the most difficult time to, to, to do and to take the decision because, uh, you know, but I think better than yourself know when is the moment and uh, you can you feel that and um for me i did it on the right time and if um you know and uh, i was happy to do it on that time because i knew it was a, the proper time to do it and uh but it's difficult it's not it's not easy i'm telling you it's not easy <laughs> we, were, we were saying that you 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 think you still have it in you and the travel and the family gets more complicated and at the same time it must be really hard to have you know, li- literally one in a billion skill, and decide. You know what? I've had enough. Time to uh, to to move on to something else. I we were we were saying you do, you don't envy athletes who have to make this decision. Well, it's, uh, as I say, it's the most difficult time to do. But uh, after you stop playing, uh, you probably have an idea what you want to do. And uh, uh, life doesn't finish with you know with the tennis. Life continues, and you just have to find out you know your way of. Uh, 
of continuing, you know, be happy and um, find the way that you want to do it, you know, things you want to do afterwards. And um, I think I did it well. I finished my tennis career. Then I know I, you know, I got married. Now I have my kids. So uh, it's always, you know, time to do always different things. And uh, you just have to continue to be happy and um, be involved, you know, uh, with the with the sport that that's what you've been done for for many years and uh, the passion you have for the sport, you can continue doing things involved around that and uh, combine it with your life and your private life is very important because you have a good balance and I'm happy about that because I found I find the I find a good you know good balance and I'm I'm happy in at the moment. Yeah, I was gonna say t- take this wherever you want to take it, but tell uh, what, what do you want people to know about your personal life these days? I mean, what uh, what, what what keeps no, you busy? I, Where take take it wherever I you am, want. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm very, I'm very, you know, relaxed person. I am happy being a mom. I have two kids, and um, just you know, um, enjoy my uh, my momhood and play, you know, with my kids. And it's the most beautiful time, you know, uh, um, that I have of the moment. And um, combine a little bit involved with the tennis that I've been doing all the time. That's what I'm, I am at the moment. But um, just enjoying, you know, my my life, my marriage, and my kids. You know, because time goes by fast and. I want to enjoy the times with them at the moment. You're, you're mostly in South Florida? Yes, I'm in Miami, in Florida, yes. For the French Open, if, if you have to p- pick pick four, I'm going to give you four women you can pick from. Take uh, take any four in the draw, and the, the winner's got to come from that group. Who? Which four are you taking? Um, okay, uh, uh, men, men and female, you want? Let's do male and female. Okay, four males. Rafa, okay, male. Novak. Rafa, of course. Uh, Rafa, Djokovic. Uh, um, I will say, well, uh, Babrinka, because he always plays good on the Grand Slam. <laughs> and I will say uh, either Tim or Zverev as well. I'll give you five. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you, got, uh, you, get, you got the last three winners. I think you you have the only three former French Open champions that are in the draw, is that right? Oh yeah, with with, with Roger out, right. and uh, <laughs> and then you have all right, Team Vera, very good. What uh, what about the women? So so you're not taking the top seed, but uh, um, I, what about the women? I will say I will say in the women. Okay, um, <laughs> that's a good question. I will say Halep, um, Muguruza. Kuznetsova, Vitolina. You're, you're struggling here. Yeah, I'll give you four, right? <laughs> I'll give you uh, you, uh, you you want uh, what, what do you think of what do you think of Mladenovic? Uh, Mladenovic. I was gonna say because it came out to my mind. I know I want <laughs> because I think I think she's dangerous because she's having a very good year, but also with the crowd behind. If she handles the pressure for that, she can be even more dangerous. Yeah. What is it like? I mean, you you know, you you played obviously in an era. You're you're a Hall of Famer. Steffi is is an all timer. Um, and then later in your career, obviously, we saw the Hingis and the Williams sisters and and Chellis and I mean, obviously, the field was was stacked. Um, but what is it like to a player entering an event that is so wide open? I mean, what what is that well, like? Well, I think. I think that, um, as I say, it's probably the year that I, that is more open than ever. You know, I mean, normally you always have, you know, a group of players that you know that they're the favorites to win Van Slam. But now, since Serena is not there, 
it leaves the window more open. So I, I should, I should say, is the you know the the player who who has more regularity, more consistency, it will be the player who has more chances. We saw different winners in different tournaments, you know, for the women, mostly you know this year as well. So it leaves the the opportunity more open and as I, I say you know in two weeks a lot of things can happen because you have to win seven matches but um, it's going to be very interesting and uh, a very you know like a lot of players there have a chance and they know and uh, we'll see who will take it but I, I've just I've tried to put myself in the in someone's you know uh, Wozniacki or you know even Kerber who's the top seed I mean do you just sort of go in there and say hey listen I've got a, as good a chance as anyone is it extra disappointing if you don't win because here's this opportunity without Serena and, and Sharapova, the two-time champion in the draw. I mean, is, is, do you think the approach for players for an event like this is, is different than it'll be, you know, a, a year from now when Serena and Azarenka and Kvitova and Maria will be back in the draw? I, I think knowing that, you know, sometimes you know that there is always like, you know, the uh, Serena has always been there, so it's, it's also a different, you know, different part, you know, in the, knowing that she's not there, so players know that it's more chances, and probably they're in in their heads, they know that is the chance to to do it, and uh, they will be able to see if Kerber now that she's the number one again can 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 do it, you know, at the, and as well as Pliskova, that is the other player that probably you know uh, has the better ranking, that you know, and be more consistent on hardcore. We'll see how she goes probably on clay at the French. It's not the, her favorite surface, but. I know probably everybody knows that they have a chance and that's something that they 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 want to take because they know that it's not norm- normal that you know Serena's not there, Sharapova's not there, uh, Azarenka's not there, Vitova is not there. So a lot of the players that they normal are there in the draw this time is wide open and uh, they have you know maybe uh, an opportunity. Tennis players are obsessed. I mean, ten- tennis fans are obsessed with this greatest of all time. With this goat discussion, right? The uh, is is it Roger? Is it is it Pete Sampras? Is it Laver on the women's side? Do do you have opinions? I mean, as someone, you're one of the few people who have played both Steffi and Serena, who would probably be one and two for the women. Do you do you have opinions on this one? Well, I think that there are opinions for for everything. There will be people who think that one is maybe uh, better than the other, or there is, the, you know, because of the results of the, of the Grand Slams. Depends how you take it. But uh, I probably was, you know, uh, uh, fortunate enough to play with both of them, and the, you know, in the era when I was playing. And I know that they both are great champions, and uh, what they achieve is an unbelievable. And uh, I mean, they already one has 22 Grand Slam, and the other one has 23. It's amazing, and. Uh, I'm happy to be able to have a great success, you know, against both of them, beating them in great matches that I play and rivality against both of them. And um, probably, you know, we have to leave it open to see because there always will be, you know, a question for many people who is the best. But I can tell you that both for, for me were great competitors and, uh, and great players to, to play against. Very diplomatic answer. Do you, do you still play? Do you still uh, you still hit the ball? I play a little bit Some. A little bit, but not as much. Not as much. Uh, I don't have much time to to, to play, but uh, I do sports because I like to to do sports to to stay in in, in shape. But my kids keeps keeps me busy running around all the time, so uh, that's why I'm I'm in, in pretty good shape at the moment. <laughs> keep uh, keep being a mom. This is great. We'll uh, we'll we'll see you in Paris in a few days then. Okay. Thank you. Nice to, nice talking to you, and I hope that. You know that I give you enough enough good answers 
you know, to what you asked me for. <laughs> you gave great answers. We'll see who wins. The uh, that's great. We'll see you see you on the other side of the ocean in a few days. Okay, perfect. Have yeah. a good day and uh, see you in Paris. You got <laughs> it. Thanks, Aracha. All right, everyone. That was this week's tennis podcast on the Sports Illustrated Tennis Channel Tennis Network, such as it is. Uh, thanks to Aracha Sanchez Vicario spending some time with us. This was a uh, this was a reader pick. Some of you had suggested uh, trying to get Aracha, and we do everything that you tell us to do. Uh, seriously, keep the suggestions coming. They are excellent. We'll try and put together some podcasts from the French Open. Uh, Dirty secret. I think I've talked about this. These are, podcasts are actually quite hard to do at events because of audio quality, hard to find uh, a space where you can you can talk for half an hour or so. But we will try our best. Uh, again, Tennis Channel coverage starts Saturday, and the matches start Sunday. Tennis Channel will be there first ball to last ball from Roland Garros. I'm John Wertheim. Our producer is Jamie Lasanti. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are sold. We'll do this again in a few days. Have a good week, everyone. Enjoy the early rounds from the 2017 French Open.